Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we assemble to explore the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. In this, our sixth season, we're looking at The Avengers. I'm Andy Nelson from the Next Real Film Podcast. I'm Pete Wright, and I've come to put an end to this podcast. <laughs> Did you bring your shield or hammer? Which one, which one do you have? <laughs> Today, it's still just a trash can lid, man. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> I've got my hammer in the garage. I'll get yeah, to right. that. Just, we'll see what, we, what damage we can do. Well, today we're talking about Minute 50, which begins with another headbutt and ends with a concussive strike. Joining us on the show today, we have Eric Deutsch from Escape from New York Minute and Flash Gordon Minute. Eric, hello. Hello. I'm excited to be here amidst this battle of titans. Uh, we are thrilled to talk about this with you, especially because as uh, listeners of our last season would know, since I accidentally forgot to put him on the schedule <laughs> until the last minute, uh, Eric got first dibs for this season. So one of the minutes uh, that you picked very specifically is this one. And I would love to start off asking why this minute? This is the classic thing from the Marvel comics of the heroes meet who've never met before, and they have to fight first before they can all get along. Everybody always wants to know, who's stronger, Hulk or Thor? Who would win in a fight, Spider-Man or Daredevil, etc., etc. So they've got our first Avengers movie. You knew they were going to have to have some fighting in it, and there's some later on, but this is the first one, and we've got three of them. Uh, well, most of this minute, two of them, but eventually three of them go at. Would you have Would you have missed it if there wasn't superheroes brawling? I don't think I would have missed it necessarily, um, but I certainly was expecting it. Okay, and interesting. So okay. I think that I would have been fine if they didn't do it. It's, but I, I think I also would have said been surprised if they didn't do it either. That's that's I think my question. I mean, Andy, are you are you like pro superhero brawling? Is are you as connected to that line of the comics that uh, you know you feel like we needed to have some of this kind of angst? I don't think we've ever talked about that. Uh, no, I, I wasn't. I mean, I I have read it in comics um, in the past. I don't think I was feeling like I needed to have it here. And I mean, we've been talking about this fight for I feel like probably a week now, most of the year. It, yeah, just it, it's one of those things where it feels like I roll my eyes at it a little bit because I do find it frustrating that they can't just talk, that this is how it has to go first before they can have a conversation. But to your point, Eric, I think that it does bring some entertainment value to it and and getting, you know, you know, kids on a playground. This, as you said, this is that sort of thing where it's like, who would who would take on who, who would be able to beat who? And, you know, I, I think that that's kind of an interesting element that is part of this, that we, um, I, it's, it is kind of intrinsic to it. And so while I, I do kind of roll my eyes at it a little bit, there is an element of this whole heroes fighting because they, um, they don't know how to talk to each other yet. Uh, there is that element that does lend itself to, uh, the format. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it like we, Let's not forget for a minute that these are also grown adult men, right? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> let's just let's just forget that just for for a bit. It's... Testosterone, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. right, right. And that's the thing. It's like they don't know what each other's powers are. <laughs> right. They don't know if they could actually hurt somebody. Like when Iron Man flies into the cliff wall with Thor in tow and grinds his like his face 
up the side of the cliff, that could have <laughs> stripped him of all of his skin and flesh, and that could have been the end of Thor. Iron Man didn't know that. It's just very much a roll-the-dice anyway. kind of event for Iron Man. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. I mean, if Iron Man is, you know, Tony Stark's a smart guy, I'm sure he's at least somewhat versed in Norse mythology, so he has to at least have a basic knowledge of Thor was that really, really strong guy in Norse mythology. If this is actually Thor, he might really be able to kick the crap out of him. Yeah. Well, and that's actually a, a, a fair point, because if anyone knows his enemies in this fight, or his en- frenemies, uh, it's Iron Man, because Tony is the one who would do all of his homework. We saw Coulson deliver the contents of like all of the research that, that S.H.I.E.L.D. had on all of these different people that he would be working with. So he is the one person who likely would have done all of this, whereas Thor, we know he hasn't done any homework. Let's be honest. He, he doesn't, doesn't care. He's no. the one who could be killing Iron Man without realizing it. Like, I mean, he practically crushes his arm like a minute or two ago. But it is fun. And that's why I guess this sequence ends up kind of having a lot of entertainment value and this play value because, you know, I mean, we're coming into this minute right after Iron Man had just headbutt, headbutted Thor, and now Thor turns around and headbutts Iron Man, and really, they just keep going at it. It's until Captain America comes in and interrupts them with his shield. So, I guess, okay, let's just talk about the fight a little bit, because there's a lot of fight going on in a lot of these minutes, and I'm just curious, as a starting place, of all the different action beats, have you found that there were certain action beats that worked better for you than other action beats between these two yes the there's a really cool move that iron man does here he flies at thor and while he's still in the air he grabs him spins him and chucks him all in like one fluid motion uh that's a very cool and it's only a cool move but kind of move that he must have practiced at some point too i I, you know it was it took some choreography on, on tony stark's part to do that and the interesting thing about that part is that thor stands still and essentially lets him do it. He does not try to dodge Iron Man when he does this, and I'm sure Thor is fast enough that he could have. And I'm wondering if, even though they've been fighting for a couple of minutes at this point, does Thor feel like, oh, even if he's flying at me, I'm so strong, he can't do anything to me. Otherwise, why not dodge it? Why allow himself to be grabbed by Tony like that? Yeah, there is this There is this bit of... I, I don't know. It's it, it is a little bit confusing for Thor because, you know, he's in sort of WWE mode right now and they're just throwing <laughs> each other around. But really, like, I, you know, he is he is an Asgardian on Midgard. He is he suffers. He, he, he suffers no fools and he doesn't let us think that for a moment. Therefore, why is this metal man going to give us any any concern? And yet we still have this weirdly awesome kind of sociopathic hero moment where he's standing above Tony on the ground and he calls for Mjolnir and it comes and he is about to hammer down and just straight up murder Tony Stark, like so much for the protector of Midgard. Um, and, and so, like, I'm torn between these moments of, like, straight up brutishness and, um, you know, le- that how, how could this ever have led to diplomacy at all between these two adult people? I don't I don't understand it. Yeah. And, you know, to that point, you know, later on in the movie, when he, he fights Hulk, he smiles. And like, you know, he's like, ah, you know, battle. Yeah, here we finally. go. Finally. Right. Yeah, right, right. He's not smiling here while he's no. fighting Iron Man because he's angry. He's too angry to enjoy this like he will 
when he's going to fight the Hulk. Yeah. Possibly doesn't think Iron Man's a worthy opponent, thinks Hulk is maybe. Iron Man's not a monster. Hulk is a monster. So Hulk's more of the kind of thing he's used to fighting. But I think also just against when it's Hulk, he's not angry. Here, he's angry. Yeah, because he's distracted. Right. <laughs> like he has a he has a purpose here. Loki's sitting up there on that mountaintop. Yeah, and it's like I need I, I'm here for Loki. Why am I wasting yeah. my time? Yeah, exactly. And Hulk, there is this piece of him fighting Hulk where he smiles because it's a worthy opponent moment. And yeah. here he he doesn't know anything about Tony Stark, and it, like why why should he even give him consideration as a worthy opponent? He's busy; he needs to move on. Yeah, he just I mean, at this point in the film, I mean, he hasn't had any conversations with anybody on Midgard. He'll have conversations once he gets onto the helicarrier and, and have an understanding as to what's going on. But at this point, he just I mean, he's kind of like the angry kid whose parents are angry at the other kid for having stayed at the at the friend's house for too long and so they send this kid to go get your brother because he needs to come home for dinner and so he's grumbling having to stop playing his video games go to the house next door to get his his brother and bring him home and so he's in grumpy mode right now yes. and he doesn't want to deal with any of these midgardian nonsense he just wants to get loki get the task wrecked and get home and so Iron Man is, you know, the 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 neighbor's dog who just keeps biting his ankles, and he's just very upset about it right now. So that's kind of the situation that we have going on here. I don't know what a what grumpy a weird metaphor mode. that I just grumpy mode. <laughs> what are you doing? That what you don't know is Andy has been dutifully trying to create uh, art of all the Marvel superheroes as babies, and the only thing that could possibly describe Thor as a baby is grumpy mode, which now is all I can think about. Um, there is this other piece of it, though, which is which is this is the first time we see Thor in this movie without Jane. And it's it's a little bit of a Thor unleashed, like he comes down in this column of lightning and lands on a plane like it is. This is as sort of visceral a Thor as we've ever had. And the last time, we, you know, I, I actually don't now. I, I don't. The last time I think we had Thor, he had like a, there. There was a relationship with him. There was a relationship of, um, of you know, that balanced uh, that you could sort of feel started maybe to balance his sort of testosterone uh, fueled rage. Right when when things didn't go his way, and uh, we don't have that here. And she's out of the picture, and now he just needs to get stuff done. Yeah, to continue my metaphor, his girlfriend's house was the other way, and if he <laughs> only could have gone that way, but no, his brother's friend lives the other way, and so he doesn't get to pass by his girlfriend's house to say hi. <laughs> so he's really angry that he doesn't also get to see Jane. <laughs> and don't forget, if he walks up the block, he passes old Mr. Wilkins, and he sure doesn't like passing <laughs> that house because of the angry dog. Exactly. That's where <laughs> Thanks, we are. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> It's. I mean, I I do enjoy the fight. I do wonder. Here's here's a little um, question about Constitution as far as these two. If Captain America did not show up, how would things have uh, continued? Do you do either of you have? Uh, or I guess we should. What what would both of you say? Where would you land with uh, with this? You're you're actually asking us the teenager question. <laughs> who would who would win in a fight? Like straight up. I am. I am. Uh, I don't see if if Cap doesn't show up. Eventually, Thor is winning. There's no way eventually Iron Man is going toe-to-toe with Thor and coming out on top. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like Thor is holding back. (laughs) 
I yeah, I think that Thor will definitely be able to take him out. So I mean, he practically crushed his arm. If he has a chance to grab him again, uh, you know, and just give him a bear hug, he'll crush the suit and crush Tony inside. So that'd be the end of it. it especially because there there is a point at which Tony runs out of goodies, and Thor will not run out of goodies. Yeah, and and uh, there is a point where Tony will be exhausted because he is still just human, even though he has a really cool suit that can do a lot of stuff. Yeah, Thor has probably had fights that have lasted hours against giants. You know, I, I mean, yeah. Iron Man's not, you know, it is not at that level. Yeah, right, right. All right, so Captain America arrives and the arrival the signal of his arrival in the middle of this fight as iron man and thor are about to hit each other suddenly cap's shield comes flying in and hits them both in the head which is kind of funny actually it hits captain or it hits thor in the in the top of his head and it hits tony right in the chest um again no damage from it and again it's the edge of the shield which seems like the the worst thing to get hit with <laughs> i just finished binging the captain america season so i remember all the com the commentary from you guys about yeah that that pointy shiny edge of the shield seems like it could be very painful and very damage inducing not to iron man or a god apparently yes right yes <laughs> exactly so we've done that i my question about captain america's arrival is at what point does cap decide He's going to perch on the top of that fallen tree sticking up into the air. Like, at what point is that his decision for his entrance? He's fallen out of a, he's jumped out of a plane and he landed presumably on the ground. Like, I don't, uh, is there any universe in which he landed on the tip of that pointy tree? <laughs> of course, he's Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay okay so maybe he's captain america but that like this is one of those things that is so it's such a posed hero entrance that it it strikes me as like we're in a forest put him on a pointy tree it gets to the same sort of blocking logic of loki's perch high up on the actually not so high up cliffside uh where he's reclining and now i don't even know where the hell the cliffside is like with cap's entrance i am totally turned around so this this is where the minute like <laughs> as great as the hero entrance is and i love it i it's hard to watch a minute at a time because it's very confusing it turns me around I would love to have, uh, we had a lot of shots of the Iron Man Thor fight of them uh, as like Iron Man would grab Thor and they'd fly up into the air up to the cliffside and moments like that. I would love to have had in some of those shots been able to see Captain America coming down in his parachute. It's like, damn it, they're going that way now. And like have to like, you know, pull the little, the, the handles on the parachute to try pushing it to the other direction. Like, I just always. went for a second to see him like trying to scurry up that tree to make his big entrance. Or, or taking the parachute off. Like what if he yeah. runs up it and his parachute's still on? He's like, damn it, trying to get the parachute off. Right. It's uh, it is funny, and it does make me wonder, like, how far did he have to run to even get to this point? And uh, but you know, I do like to think that I mean, it's Captain America. He wants the the advantage and everything. So I I kind of think that it's cool that he ran up this broken tree to get to this perch so that he could get a better shot at both of them. I I think it's kind of cool. I just but again, it boils down to the composition and the look of it. Is it logical? Not necessarily, but it is kind of fun. But it does give us a chance to look a little bit at at some of the the 
mythos of Thor in particular, because Captain America and Iron Man, you get that they're they're human. They're they're men and they're fallible. What I think is most interesting about Thor is that over the course of his experience in the MCU to this point, and here in this movie, his entrance is is a, as a brawler, but he is a god. And this in some ways leads to, I know, uh, Andy, your favorite uh, Thor movie uh, where we meet Gore the God Butcher and that entire line, <laughs> which addresses the question of the fallibility of the gods. And uh, here we have, we're introduced to a god acting like a child, right? Acting like a petulant child. And I think that's, you know, I know we're making it for the hero moment. We're making it for the adrenal satisfaction. But uh, I, I do think it's fascinating that we start you know, this movie with the God's entrance as a brawler child throwing a tantrum. <laughs> well, not according to Captain America, because there's only one God. And he doesn't dress like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, to, to to both of your points that you just made, I mean, Cap's got guts. I mean, Black Widow warned him Thor is basically a God, like you just said. And, you know, his comments about his attire aside. He has got zero fear right now in what he's doing. Right. I mean, there are two guys significantly more powerful than him that are angry, that are worked up, that are going at it. And he's and he just jumps right in and says, you know, that's enough. Like a teacher scolding their students, too. I mean, he's <laughs> right. just yeah. completely fearless. Like the adult in the room. Yeah, he's the adult in the room. Well, and I, I think that is an element of where they got uh, the way that the writers wrote Captain America in this, they they captured that essence of him, of this this person who uh, joined the army because he wanted to stop the bullies. You know, really, that was kind of his whole motivation. And you can get that 40s sensibility of him, how they captured that and brought it forward all the way to today, where he is kind of behaving this way because these two are behaving the way that they are. And I think there's an element to that where, and I think that's why Captain America stands out as as a true hero, because he is the person who uh, will jump into these situations and, you know, put on his courage and, and get in there and uh, deal, with, deal with it however it comes. And I, I like that about him. Well, yeah, it's a thread that that sticks with us to the very end of the phase, too, right? He's he'll fight until he's the last man standing. Yeah, even well, even when he is the last man standing, right? He'll fight because he wants to be the last man standing. This is we can keep going. <laughs> just, just <laughs> he's just a man who likes to stand. He's, a, but he really likes standing by himself. He's the last man standing because he fights. Yeah, yes. Because he right. fights. That's why. Because he fights. Therefore. <laughs> QED. That's right. Okay, now here's a question for you. So they both stop. Iron Man and Thor, both, the, the obviously the blow from the shield is enough to kind of get them to both like, what is going on? They stop, they turn, and they look at at Cap as he hops off this tree and and says to them, now I don't know what you're planning on doing here, and then Thor has his, you know, hot-headed response i've come here to put an end uh, to loki's schemes and then captain america says then prove it put that hammer down now tony has a line here about the hammer and i i just want to know like because the way that cap was speaking and thor was i mean i know he was answering but he was very hot-headed and 
in his responses. If Tony hadn't interjected with a no bad call, he loves his hammer with that little kind of comment about his hammer, which gets Thor to hit him. If if Tony hadn't said anything, do you think that Thor still would have leapt up uh, and and struck at him, or do you think that Thor was in that moment of listening until Tony snaps him out of it? Um, boo! I think he was going to hit. You think he would have anyway? I think he would have hit anyway. I actually don't think he would have. This is a classic Tony Stark instigation. Just he's even in the midst of this heated battle, he's got to be nonchalant and make cracking the joke and uh, not really care about what the consequences are. I think that Thor might have listened, but having him hear that obnoxious bug in his ear then just <laughs> got him back, revved back up. That's that's what I think. I think that, and this is what where I like Captain America. Is, you know, he is this this person who has strategy. He's got uh, a, a sense of command, and I do think that that the way that he responds to Thor with then prove it. I I don't know. I just felt like Thor may have actually listened to him here if it wasn't for Iron Man butting in with his his idiot reply about the hammer because that just pisses Thor off, and you see that because. What does Thor do? He swings his hammer at Tony and knocks him down before he leaps up to to hit uh, Steve. So I, I I find it to be such an interesting character dynamic between these through between these three, and this actually may be my favorite moment of this entire fight because I find that it speaks so strongly to all three of them here, and and I feel like the character writing for all three of them really is kind of nailing their characters at, at this particular moment. I just I like this a lot the way that this plays. Yeah, I, I do too, especially the hero moment, right? That you want me to put the hammer down? Like, come on. That is classic Whedon, like, dialogue. Uh, and it, uh, to me, it just, uh, I mean, it's, it takes, it brings me back into the written mode of this thing, like out of the action scene. It's like, okay, this must mean we're done because we get uh, such a, a dramatically, hyperbolically written quip. And, I'm here for the quip. It's a good quip. And it is also a signal that we're we're going into humor mode and now we're going to transition into something different. I, I think it's a it's a great signal. And I do. I mean, coming out of Thor's mouth, it's like perfectly placed. Yeah, that line and what happens five seconds after that line is, is even more specifically the reason why uh, I chose this minute. Um, so not just the minute of fighting, but that specific line and then the, the last few seconds of this specific minute is the real reason that I really want it this minute. Well, and let's talk about this because this, again, this is one of those, uh, you know, kids in a playground uh, conversation sort of things, which, what is going to be stronger? What would happen if Mjolnir, if Thor swung Mjolnir at Cap's shield and, and struck it? Like, who would actually take the blow? You know, and, and we get to see that play out here as Thor has this dramatic Zack Snyder-esque, uh, you know, side scroll leap up into the air and and comes down on the hammer um, in glorious fa- in glorious fashion. And it just explodes. I mean, it's this like moment of energy just blowing, blowing everybody down. And I mean, it is kind of a thrill to see. So, uh, I mean, yeah, let's. So, Eric, this was the minute you picked. Uh, talk about why you love this so much. I, th- I think to, to that point, you know, if there were ever any doubts about the strength of Cap's shield, they are certainly gone now. You know, I mean, this, I yeah. mean, he just got slammed with Mjolnir, a weapon from myth. And essentially, it's a tie. 
you know, the shield is not destroyed. The hammer is not destroyed. They both kind of go flying back. It sort of means that this man-made shield is up to the task to at least defend its holder against this mythical, incredible, powerful weapon. Um, so that's pretty fascinating, you know? Absolutely. Another another childhood question. Oh, okay. <laughs> would would the same thing have happened <laughs> if the shield had been held by someone other than Captain America? You mean like um, um, Eric Selvig, or do you mean like uh, the Winter Soldier? <laughs> like who, who's holding it here? <laughs> well, Mjolnir can only be picked up by Thor. And right. later we find out Captain America. Is there something spe special about not just the device, but the person who is wielding it that causes this specific outcome, like the the specific crop circle that we get here to happen? What if Iron Man had picked up the shield and actually been the one holding it when it, it came down? Thought experiment. Well, this speaks a lot to vibranium and the actual uh, the makeup of the shield. And, you know, this is, I mean... We talked about this a lot last season so as much. far as vibranium and, and the, the absorption of energy and how a bullet should feel like a cotton ball when it gets yeah. hit and all that sort of thing. Like there's a lot of uh, nonsense science when it comes to the uh, vibranium and, and what it means. Because to a certain extent, like, okay, the vibranium absorbs all the energy coming at it. But what about mass and force? Like uh, even if it's absorbing the the impact energy, isn't, isn't Thor's... Um, you know, momentum and his mass and the force that he's swinging down, isn't that enough to still, I mean, at the very least, I mean, the shield might stop him, but wouldn't it still like push him, put push Cap into the ground a little bit or something like that? Like, I'm not exactly sure how all of that works. I mean, I don't know, Eric, I, do you have any perspective on that? So I'm trying to look at, it's so dark this scene. I'm trying to look at uh, the very last second of the scene when everyone's lying down and this Cap Drop the shield. It's it's such a far out shot, and it's so dark. It looks like the shield is on the ground, and Cap has been knocked away from it and isn't holding onto it anymore. Am I looking at this correctly, or is he underneath the shield? I can't really tell. No, he's under it. Um, his oh, he's foot, under the his shield. Foot okay. is under. He hasn't let go of it. And okay. I think that's important because Thor is still uh, still has the hammer. Okay, so yeah, he was not driven into the ground. Then he held onto right. the shield. But he just sort of is knocked flat on his back basically and right, thor right, right. i mean it's interesting that the shot makes it looks like that thor kind of went flying far away because of the backlash of it but he's kind of once they get to that overhead shot he's only maybe a couple of yards away from steve so there's a bit of a uh discontinuity there it it seems like the him flying backward is more like maybe flying upward, you know, oh, sort of yeah, thing where yeah. it propels him upward, and he's only ending up going maybe you know five to ten feet away from from Steve, but he went up a ways. That's at least that's kind of the way it seems. Because I mean, even this explosion as of energy which destroys like this whole ring of forest, like when it happens. I don't know. I always feel like, you know, it's like this mile radius of trees that have been felled. But in reality, it's only like, you know, 30 feet. It's really not a big chunk of forest that gets taken out by this, even if it feels much grander. Hmm. But yeah, it is one of these interesting moments that we have here. And the way that the way that it plays it, uh, it I don't know, it, the whole thing with the vibranium. I just I, I don't know exactly 
any sense of this. And I, I think the problem is it's just all so fictional that we just have to kind of take it for face value. And I would imagine, to answer your question, Pete, if somebody else was holding it, I mean, they may not have Cap's strength to kind of hold it, uh, it you know, as forcefully against the swing of the hammer. But I would still imagine that you're going to end up getting that same sort of impact kind of resounding through the forest hmm. and that they likely would end up being okay. And Cap probably also was standing in the right kind of defensive stance that Eric Selvig would not think to stand in as well. So that probably is a factor, too. Right. No, he would have been pounded <laughs> six feet into, yeah. the, into the forest floor, <laughs> composted. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, it is uh, it is quite the quite the explosion. It does make me wonder. And, and Pete, you were just um, talking about this a minute ago. Does this concussive force does it hit loki at all because we don't see the cliff again ever like after i don't know last minute or so when we see loki that that kind of behind his shoulder shot of him looking down as he's watching we haven't seen him again no and he's gone it does well i wish i wish he was gone he's gone until he's decidedly not gone that's the right incredibly frustrating thing (laughs) Yeah, I, I I wish that there was more connection to him as to why he was staying, because it's just like he, he of all people, would just leave. But again, it boils down to his strategy and all that sort of stuff. But still, I would love to have had a shot of him even just getting, you know, if he was far enough away, just like getting his hair blown back or something by this, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Does I mean, but is it weird? Eric, does it strike you at all that we don't see Loki at all for like several minutes in all of this? Uh, it doesn't bother me because eventually we find out that he wanted to be captured. So, I mean, yeah. he, he's he's enjoying the show. He's he's having fun watching Thor uh, have to trade blows with somebody. And uh, he, he's standing around waiting to be uh, brought back in prison. And so he's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy this uh, entertainment here before they take me and I have to kick my plan into full gear. Right. I feel like I just would have loved a shot of him, like after this blast, like have the the concussion wave hit him or something and just react like, oh, wow, that shield is a lot more because he knows Mjolnir. He knows what Mjolnir can do. He's been up against Mjolnir. He's been pinned to the ground by Mjolnir. (laughs) Like, I, I would love to have had a moment where like that moment of realization of wow, that's more than just a shield. Like there, like that realization, there's like, there's something to that. You know, I I would have liked that as the antagonist of the film, recognizing, oh, that's something I may need to watch out for at some point. Yeah. But, all right. Well, that's pretty much where we're ending our minute today. Do either of you have any last thoughts about anything going on with this fight? I do have one. Okay. And I don't know the answer to it. So I wonder what you two think. Thor does not know anything about Cap Shield probably assumes he's just some puny human. You want me to put the, sh- the hammer down? Full-blown force. Was Thor going to kill Captain America there? Well, I mean, speaking to the way that these heroes fight, I mean, my answer would be yes, because it seems like that's what they're all trying to do, is kill each other. Um, I mean, you know, I-, I feel like he would have done that to Iron Man too. And so, yes, I think that he absolutely would have killed Captain America right here. <laughs> I feel like that's uh, that's kind of where I stand, too, just because, like, he he doesn't he cares as much about Captain America as he does about Iron Man. And that's why I go back to, like, uh, you know, do I think Thor would have tried to strike Iron Man without Tony's sarcastic comment? And I think he just, he's in a 
point where he just wants Loki and he wants to go rend justice. He does not want to argue with puny humans. And so I, I think his effort was to take decisive action. And if that kills the human, fine. Yeah, I think he's ready. He's ready to kick that dog and go get his brother. <laughs> I know. All right. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's end there. We're Eric. You're going to be back in a week to talk about minute fifty five. So we'll yes. have another chance soon to chat with you some more. Uh, so before then, though, before we wrap everything up, uh, tell everybody about your shows and and where people can check out uh, the work that you've done on those. Sure. So, uh, as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, I was the co-host of both Flash Gordon Minute and Escape from New York Minute. And I don't know exactly how the recording schedules of, of this show and, and uh, my new show are working out, so I don't know if it'll have started posting it or not. But as of now, um, I'm also now co-hosting. Um, uh, there's a show called It's Time to Rewind, which is a, a show run by uh, Bubba Wheat. And his current season, he's going through the movie Memento, one scene at a time. And I'm his co-host for the color scenes. If you're familiar with the movie, there's scenes of black and white, there's scenes of color. I know that Andy and Pete are going to be guests on some black and white scenes as well. So I don't know exactly when all that's dropping, but we're in recording now. So um, listen for that soon. It's called It's Time to Rewind, and this season is about Memento. We have Bubble Week coming up on this show soon. And uh, although I will just behind the scenes, we've already recorded with him. Oh, okay. Um, uh, well, not not for this show. Sorry, we've already recorded some of our memento minutes with him. Is what I mean. Ah, okay, got and, it. And so, when we had our conversation, we talked about this, and I think we determined that episodes will be dropping by the time he's on. So it should be by the time you're on as well. So all right, great. So definitely check that out, everybody. It's a it's a fun show. A lot of the, I mean, all the different movies that he's talked about on the show, the different time travel movies, time loop movies. So. And Memento is a fun one to have talked about for, for sure. sure. Even when Pete and I were talking about what was the shortest was eleven like eight, seconds? Eleven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few of those black and white scenes really I, quick. I think we got forty minutes yeah. out of that eleven seconds, though. We did. <laughs> we did all right. We sure did. We sure did. That was fun. Well, Eric, thanks so much for joining us here today. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Always happy to be here. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow uh, to talk about Minute 51 with another guest. I believe we have uh, Declan Craggs coming back from Scream Movie Minute. Uh, and I should say on Monday, not tomorrow. So we'll be back then to talk about uh, that with him. Should be fun. So, Pete, thanks as always. Oh, Andy, next week we're going to get spooky. <laughs> Until next time, true believers. Marvel Movie Minute is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson. This season's music is Message to the World by Anthony Vega, and this season's show art is by Winston Yabo. Find the show at truestory.fm. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.